week, in fact, last two weeks, we have been doing a series on Christmas. So we named that series as Wise Men from the East. The scripture portion that we read on the first day was Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And today, again, as we start the third sermon on the series, we are going to read two important scriptures from Matthew chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, or probably you may be able to see that in the screen, Matthew chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. When they saw the star, <clears throat> they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come in the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The three wise men, they did something that was so significant during the birth of Lord Jesus Christ. And today that's worth looking at because God even asking, is asking us to do those acts of those wise men in our lives, in our families. The three wise men did a couple of things. There are three things they did. Number one, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. When they saw the star, there was a great joy in their lives. Secondly, they fell down and they worshipped God. And thirdly, they presented gifts to Jesus. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. <coughs> the three wise men, they teach us today it's a joy that's worth having. It's a God who is worth serving. And it's a gift that's worth giving. First week we talked about a joy worth having. Second week we talked about a God worth serving. And today I would like to title my sermon as a gift worth giving. Can you say that with me? A gift worth giving. We read that in Matthew chapter 2 verse 11. Let's read it again. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The star that brought great joy to them, the seeing of son Jesus brought them to their knees and to worship God. Now, they consider that it's a very important occasion and they want to present gifts to Jesus. What are the four gifts? Not four, three gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The three gifts also they have supernatural or spiritual meaning. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold symbolically represents kingship on earth. As it is today, gold was considered, uh, considered as a valuable commodity even during the ancient world. By bringing a gift of gold, the wise men showed, <coughs> indeed, they considered Jesus as a king. That's the reason they brought gold to Jesus It's an interesting gift. 
gold to Jesus. They also bought, brought frankincense. What is that? It's an incense. It symbolizes the deity of Lord Jesus Christ. Frankincense is an aromat, aromatic gum resin that's still widely used in the Middle East as well as in Africa. Burning incense is a ceremonial thing they do as when they worship deity, worship God. So here we see the almost the wise men, they understood the deity of Lord Jesus Christ and they brought frankincense to Lord Jesus. The third thing they brought over to Jesus was myrrh. Myrrh symbolically represents death. Myrrh is an embalming oil. When a body dies, when a man dies, a woman dies, the body is embalmed. So they use myrrh. Myrrh is a fragrant spice derived from the sap of a tree. You remember Jesus, in Jesus' life, myrrh had a significance even in the later stage of his life. Myrrh was a key ingredient in the mixtures of the spices they used to prepare Lord's body for burial, if you remember. Wise men, even at the time of birth, because of the wisdom, because of the knowledge in the word of God, they could foresee what is coming to this baby. And they brought men and they gave as a gift <coughs> to Lord Jesus. Even though it took little time to describe what those gifts were that were given to Jesus, the idea of this sermon is not really to go into talking about the substance of these gifts. Instead, we are going to talk about the act of giving. Can you say act of giving? When they saw Jesus, they presented gifts to him. It was certainly a gift that was worth giving. That's what we are talking about. Often during this sermon, I'm going to ask a question. What is the gift that's worth giving? What is the gift that's worth giving? Are you planning to give a gift to someone during Christmas? It's a good thing. Are you planning to buy gifts for your children during Christmas? I'm sure your children are just sitting next to you. If not, get a hold of them right now. So I'm sure, you know, they expect a great thing from you, a great gift during Christmas. Or maybe children are going to buy a great gift for parents during Christmas. What is your gift? What is the gift you think that's worth giving? Maybe a MacBook Pro? Or it may be a you know, latest iPhone 13, who knows? Maybe a cruise vacation? Or maybe a 55-inch 8K smart TV? There is a gift that's in your mind that you are planning to buy. What is the gift that's worth giving? What could be the gift that's worth giving? The worth of a gift is basically evaluated by the impact that gift makes on the receiver. The worth of the gift is evaluated based on the impact that makes on the receiver. You can go to the next slide. What is the one gift that's worth giving to your children? What is the one, worth, one gift that's worth giving to your parents? What is the one gift that's worth giving to your friends? What is the one gift that's worth giving to your God? What is that one gift that's worth giving to others? We are going to center, center down our sermon in these aspects. The obvious answer all of us say, all of us say, is Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate gift that's worth giving to these people. I don't deny that. 
But remember, Jesus was already given. Jesus is already given. There is nothing that you need to do other than introducing somebody to Christ. You can't really buy Jesus and give it to somebody. Jesus is already given. So what else can you think of? What else you can give as a gift? What else is worth giving as a gift to your children, to your parent, and to your friends, and to your God, and to others? That's what we are going to talk about. Sometimes then we think about the tangible gifts. The toys, the dress, the utensils, the books, and the, some of the appliances, gadgets, and you know, various things we can buy during this season. Because the season is so commercialized. You may be thinking about all the tangible things that you can buy. But I'm talking about something intangible. This morning I'm talking about something intangible. What is the gift that's worth giving to your children, to your parents, to your friends, to your God and to others? What is the gift that's worth giving? That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about intangible gifts. Intellectual, spiritual, emotional, personality traits, psychological, so many other things. Do you think that they are worth giving? Instead of doing it, giving a tangible thing. Because a tangible thing is not going to last. Where are those toys that you bought for your children during last year? Last Christmas. Where is the dress that you bought, the shirt that you bought for your child during last year? Because it doesn't fit anymore. But the intangible gifts, they stick around. They don't get, go away from us. So what is that gift? That, what's that one gift that's worth giving? Let's go ahead. Number one, parents giving gifts to children. What is the best give, gift as a parent? This morning I want to talk to you as a family. And the first section of the sermon is going to be intense and then it's going to be, you know, very smooth and we are going to get to a time of prayers quickly. But the intense part of the sermon is what we are entering into right now. What is the one gift that's worth giving <coughs> by the parents <coughs> to the children as you listen to me right now as parents as children you listen to me as children sitting around what is that one thing that's worth giving to your children as a gift talk to your spouse just look at your spouse and just ask her what is that what do you think that is the one gift that's worth giving to our children during this season can you just talk to her can you just talk to him right now just look look and just talk to them right now what is that one gift that's worth giving to somebody during this season? I want to give an answer quickly. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. A gift that's worth giving to your children is told by the wise man, Solomon, Train up your child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not, she will not depart from it. Listen to me this morning. If we give birth to our children and, the, and allow our children to grow by herself, by himself, as animals do, that's what animals do. They give birth and they want to make sure that children, their kids, their offsprings, they pick up the habits and grow by themselves. That's what animals do. But this morning I'm talking to parents. 
If we give birth to children and leave our children to grow by themselves, the child is not going to grow as you expect. Simply because the child doesn't know. The child doesn't know. That's what that's why Bible says, train up your child. You know, this morning this sermon is for you. Train up your child. Train in what? Intellectually, spiritually, emotionally, personality-wise, psychologically. Train up. Train them. A couple of aspects I want to just give you an idea. Probably you can just take notes of it. Train them to get courage. Train, train them to have courage. Some of our children, as they grow up, they are so afraid. They are so fearful. They, are, they don't have the confidence to do anything in their lives. Who will bring courage in their lives? Train them up. Put them on the stage and ask them to speak. You know, take them to various events and make them participate. Train them up. Train them up in the honest way. Develop honesty in their lives. Sometimes we see children as they grow old, as they become bigger. We see them not being honest, not being truthful. We are unable to trust them. When they say something, we know it for sure, it's, it's a lie. They're not honest. They're not honest with parents. They're not honest in, your, in their work. They're not honest in their studies. Who will train honesty to them? Who will teach honesty to them? Parents. Parents, train up a child in the way it should go. Train them with humility. Teach them humility. Teach them humbleness. Teach them submission. I have seen, we have seen some of the children as they grow, they become so stubborn. They are not teachable. They don't want to submit themselves. It's simply because the way you train them up. It's simply because what you taught them. A couple of years ago, I heard a young woman telling me, my dad always told me, you need to be like a lion. Do not bend yourself to anybody. You are a girl, but you are a lion. Do not bend yourself. When it came to a point of time where I need to encounter with that girl, I was talking to her and I asked her to, this is what you need to do, what you're doing is not right, you need to change. She said, I cannot change. And why you cannot change? Because my dad told me not to bend to anybody, not to listen to anybody. Is that the way a dad can train his child? Train humility in their lives. In our house, three of us, we were never allowed to talk back when our parents or our adults say something. My mom and my dad, we don't want us to talk, they don't want us to talk back to them. We were expected to obey first and then ask questions. Not the other way. Not the other way. Discipline needs to be brought in your houses. Discipline is not, cannot be done at the school. Discipline cannot be done at the church. Discipline has to be done in your house. Train them with kindness and friendliness. Some of the children, when they grow up, they become rough. They don't treat anybody. They don't treat their peers properly because they do not know. They do not know. You need to tell them to how we can be kind, how you need to be friendly with others. We see small children turning their faces this way and that way and going separate because they don't want to talk to each other. Is that the way as a parent you train your child? I have problem, I have trouble here. Maybe yes, somebody may be listening to my sermon right now in your house. 
maybe your mom, and they may be coming, who's, who's there talking like this? Who is there teaching you this way? Tell them that it's my pastor. He has a responsibility to teach me and to correct me. Teach them love, how they should love others. Teach them orderliness and cleanliness. I have seen children coming to church with all dried up hands. They do not know they need to apply moisturizer. They do not know how to clean, they keep their bodies because, simply because you don't do as a parent. Children of God, it's time to bring certain discipline. Forget those spiritualities. Forget those, forget, forget those high peak and emotional stuff. But bring those disciplines into your life. That could have been the best gift that you could ever give. Bring orderliness and cleanliness. From childhood, I have seen my mom folding the bed sheets, the bedspread, the moment she gets up from bed. I'm asking moms, how many of you do that today? Your bedspread is on the bed till the evening the same way folded. Because you don't do it, your husband doesn't do, and your children don't do. From childhood onwards, I have seen my mom go around the house with a brush and with a cloth in her hand, cleaning all the articles every day, except when she is sick. Every day. Every day she cleans the house and the articles to make sure there is no dust. How is our house? How many days since you vacuum, vacuumed your house? Orderliness and cleanliness are the gift, best gift that you can give to your children. And she was asking me to do the same thing. And my dad was a writer. He had a lot of books, but I had never seen a book spread around in his table. Everything is very orderly. We need to teach that to our children, the best gift that you can give. Ask them to respect others. Respect is important. Our children need to be brought in that same way. We don't want our children to get corrupted because of the culture, because of the change of the location, because of where they are living right now. We want those basic disciplines to be brought in their lives. They need to be taught how they can respect parents. They need to be taught how they can respect adults. When the elders come to our house, we need to wish them with both our hands. We need to wish them as we receive them into the house. And we can't just sit there when seniors are coming. We need to get up. We need to get up. That's in my blood. That's in all of our lives. We, we know we, that's how we are brought. We want to bring our children in that way. There are funny things happening because of that. When I go to a doctor's office, I wait for the doctor to come. And the moment the doctor comes, I get up. And she's so upset. You know, why are you getting up when I walk into it? You know, just because it's just our in our blood. It's our in our culture. Respect them. I'm not saying that you need to do it, but I need to, I'm saying that the attitude needs to be brought in their lives. Self-discipline. Self-discipline. Are your child disciplined? Are you really bothered about that at all? I have seen parents not even caring about them. That bothers me. That's not the right thing to do. You need to learn. You need to correct yourself. Self-discipline. When we were sitting, we were not allowed to shake our legs. Today I have seen people, even girls and boys and everybody doing those kind of things which is not right, not the right thing to do. We were not allowed to touch any article when we visit someone's house. Listen to me. We were not to touch anything when we listen to someone's house. Who will teach this to your child? You need to teach as a parent. You have the responsibility of bringing up them in the right, in the right way. When we visit, if snack is served, 
We are not allowed to touch the snack. We need to have a high connection with our parents. And when my parents say, yes, you can go ahead, then only I am allowed to take. Discipline. Bring those things that are missing in your family. Make them unselfish. Let them not be selfish. They know some of the children are like, they want to be anything. They want to receive anything. They want to have everything. They want to become like somebody. They want to you know, beat somebody else. Is that the way we train our children? Train them unselfishness. Make sure they are serving. Make sure they are caring for others. You need to inculcate those habits in their lives. You need to take their, help them to grow in the mentality of serving others when guests come in our house. We don't allow to sit and eat first. We need to wait for the guests to eat. We need to stand next to, next to them. My mom used to do that, stand next to, next to them and serve them first to make sure they are first. When guests say in our house, you don't sleep in your bed, you give your bed to your guests and sleep on the floor. My mom taught me she used to do that. These are all important parents. These are all important for our children. They need to know, they need to learn all these things. Book reading, memorizing, these are all very good habits. <clears throat> Today, how many of our children read books? You say that everything is in the gadget. Everything is in the phone. I just come to that in a moment. Discernment. You need to teach them what is good, what is bad. Call them, keep them next to you and teach them and share with them what is done, what is, what is the right thing to do, what is not the right thing to do. I want to read one scripture for you, Proverbs 22, verse 15. We are talking about what is the best gift that we can give, our, give to our children during this season. <coughs> Proverbs 22, 15. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. Can you read that with me? Foolishness. Some of us may not know that scripture is such a scripture is there in the word of God. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. Bible simply says, if you fail to correct your child, he or she will become a fool. If you fail to correct your child, he or she will become a fool because when the child is born by nature, there is so much of foolishness stuck in his mind, in her mind. Because a child is born in the fallen world. All the corruptions of the fallen world are already in the blood, are already in the child. Because we did not remove that foolishness from the mind of the child in the right time, the right age, today he talks like a fool. Today she talks like a fool. There is no sense in the way they are thinking right now because the foolishness is abounding. It multiplies, it spreads like a virus in their lives. Foolishness needs to be removed by correction. Leave that up to you in the whatever way you want to correct, but correct your child. When your child is doing some nonsense, do not just sit and enjoy that. Get up and correct your child, that's important. If today you won't correct your child, tomorrow somebody else will come and correct your child in front of you and you don't like it. 
Do not give the opportunity to someone else to come and correct your child. You correct your child. When is the best time to teach? When is the best time to correct? Age between, parents, I'm asking you. <coughs> Age between one and eight. Maybe it's too late. Ages around three, four, five are the best age, best time that where you can correct. You are thinking about your child who is 21? Leave him. Leave her. There is nothing you can do right now. It's all gone out of your hand. But do you have a child between the age one and eight? I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. This morning it's important. Give what needs to be given in their hands. Listen to me, parents. Give what needs to be given in their hands. Somebody came to me and the other day and said, you know what, my son, I think he's of the age of four or three and a half. My son, he is able to differentiate between Android and iPhone now. In my mind, I was saying, fool? My son is able to differentiate iPhone and, you know, my question is, why are you giving the phone in the hands of children? When they are at the age of three, four, five, is it the right thing to do? That's not the gadget for them to play. Do you know your child of age four and four and a half, do you know they watch porn? Do you know that they watch porn in the gadget that you are given in their hands? Is it the right thing to do, parents? I'm asking you this morning. I want you to give the right gift to your children. They need to have certain things in their hands. That's what needs to be given. Do you have a time for them to use their gadget? Half an hour, one hour? Do you have a time plan for them to use their gadget? Do you have a cutoff in the internet beyond certain time? You may be an adult child, you may be having a, a child or teenager or a young child. Do you have an internet cutoff time for them? It's all important. You need to discipline your child. For that to happen, you need to discipline yourself. Now here, action. I want you to take an action. Don't just leave this sermon. Listen to this sermon and get angry with me. Just take an action. The action that you need to take that you see on the screen now. Make a decision to nurture good characters and attitudes in your children's life. Number one, all the parents. I want all the parents to write it down. I want all the parents to take a decision this year. At least one thing that you want to correct to your children. You know what? That is going to reward you in the later stage in your life when they grow up. Make a decision to nurture good characters and attitudes in your children. What is the gift, the best gift that you could ever give to your child is nurturing good characters in their lives. Nurturing good attitudes in their lives. Number two, what is the best gift children could give to parents? What is the worth gift that's worth giving to your parents? Hope children are listening now. I know they are upset with me because I talked about their iPhone, because I talked about their internet, because I talked about their discipline, they don't like. But hold on children, this is your time now, it's your opportunity. I'm sure that you are next to your parents listening to me. Certainly children are expected to, what is the best gift that children could give? You could give to your parents. You know, in front of your eyes, your parents are growing in age. They are going to become older and older. What is the best gift that you could give to your parents? Certainly children are expected to honor their parents. Exodus chapter 20 verse 12. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving to you. 
Children are expected to honor their parents. The gift that is worth giving to your parents, as long as you live with them, as long as they are alive on the face of this earth, is honoring them. I want to read three scriptures right now. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 26. He who mistreats his father and chases away his mother is a son who causes shame and brings reproach. Proverbs 10, 1, a wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is the grief of his mother. Son or daughter. Proverbs 15, 20, a wise son or daughter makes a father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. What the best gift that you could give to your parents? Do not bring shame and disgrace to them. Do not bring shame and disgrace to them. They lived with certain reputation. Let them not lose their reputation because of your dishonorable actions, because of your behaviors that you bring shame on them. Let them live with the same reputation until the end of their life. Do not bring shame. That's the best gift that probably you could give to your parents. Today your mom cries when no one is noticing because of what you have done, because of what you have caused to them. Dishonoring parents will not bring blessing to you. Children, I want you to listen to me. You may be just, you know, just a few age, ages, maybe less than 10, or, you know, you may be just a teenager. Or you may be a youth, still you have your deal with your parents. I want you to listen to me. Dishonoring parents takes you into suffering. Dishonoring parents, not only in the eternal hell, but even on the face of this earth. Dishonoring parents will not leave to you to have a good life in the future. God wants you to take care of your parents, honor your parents in all possible ways that you could do. I want to read a scripture, not just to threat you, threaten you, but just want you to be aware of it, all the children. And this is a children's scripture that as parents we need to teach them. Proverbs 30 verse 17. Proverbs 30 verse 17. Let's read that together. The eye that mocks his father and scorns obedience to his mother. The ravens of the valley will pick it out and the young eagles will eat it. Bible says, if you mock at your parent, if you dis disobey your parent, if you dishonor your parent, this is what could happen to someone to a greater extreme. The eye that mocks his father and the scorns obedience to his mother, the ravens of the valley will pick it out and the young eagles will eat it. What does it mean? It means that you will be taken into such a misery. You will be taken into such a suffering. Do not dishonor your parent. Do not bring shame on their lives. I have seen this happening to generation. I have seen this happening to children. And that doesn't want, I don't want that to happen to you. The best gift the gift that is worth giving to your parents is not to bring shame on them. What is action as a children you can take? Action, make a decision to honor your parents and not to cause shame on 
them, not to cause shame on them. Number three, what is the best gift that we could give out to our friends? What is the gift that's worth giving to our friends? <coughs> Bible says you be a good friend. You be a godly friend to your friend. You don't need to be an enemy to anyone on the face of this earth. You need to be friendly with everyone. But Bible repeatedly says, suggests you to have a godly friend. Your friendship needs to be with the godly friends. I'm not, when I say godly, I'm not saying people who go to church. I'm talking about people who are living Christ, who are living the word, who are living what God expects them to live. They need to be your friends. You need to be friendly with everybody, but you need to have friendship with those who love God, those who follow God. Two friendships, godly friends, they don't expect anything. There are scriptures, I don't have time to go there. True friends, they are compassionate. True friends, they extend forgiveness. They forgive each other. True friends, they rejoice with you when you rejoice. They cry with you when you cry. They are part of every situation. True friends, godly friends, they listen to you. When you talk, they listen. They take time to listen to what you say. True friends, godly friends, they pray for you. I want to ask this question, young girls, young boys, you have a lot of friends. I want to ask this question, can you just name someone, a friend who prays on your behalf to God? Or I put the question the other way, do you pray for your friend to God? God wants you to give that kind of friendship to someone. To make sure that you pray for them, you care for them. Two friends, they will lovingly paint, paint, they will lovingly point you back to Jesus. True friends, they lovingly point you back to Jesus when you fall away, when you go apart. They will very lovingly point you back to Jesus. They are the true friends. This morning, what is the best gift that you could ever give to your friends? Just be a good, godly friend to them. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. If you can read that with me. Colossians 3, 12 to 14. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. As friends, put on tender mercies. Kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Verse 13, Galatians 3. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must forgive. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. The best gift that you could ever give to your friend is to love unconditionally, care unconditionally, lead them to Christ unconditionally, and be with them when they are in their, in their good and bad. Be with them and support them. Have compassion over them. Care for them. Do not, do not talk behind them. What is action now? The action is I will do whatever it takes to maintain a godly friendship. I will do some actions to maintain godly friendship. As we are coming to an end of the year, God wants us to know that we take some actions and put them into action and put them into practice 
so that you know God's name will be glorified. Number four, what are the best gifts that you could ever give to your God? Wise men gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The Old Testament church, the Old Testament church, I remember, they brought animals for sacrifice. They could give their bulls and cows and pigeons and all the animals. But you know, eventually God was not pleased in those things. What is the best gift that you could ever give to God? In the New Testament church, we give praise and worship to God and we give offering to God. But many times as our heart is not right with God, our praise becomes a lip service. Our offering is not accepted by God. Even though church accepts, even though church puts that in account, even though the issue attacks it, God has not accepted the offering because our heart is not right with God. So what is the best gift that we could ever give to God? What is the one thing that delights the heart of God? Want to read the scripture and move further. Matthew chapter 25 verse 40. Matthew 25 40. And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly I say to you, in as much as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. God's heart is delighted when we give the best gift of doing something to one of the least of these brethren. <coughs> That's the one thing that delights the heart of God. So we need to identify someone. That's action. Who is in need and bring smile in their face during this season without delay. Tomorrow, right now, today. Identify someone who is in need of something and meet their need. That's the best gift that you could ever give to your God. And God is pleased. God is honored in that gift. It was true that God was honored when the wise men brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It was true that God was honored when the bulls and animals and cattle came into the temple of God. It is true that God is still honored when we worship God from the bottom of our God, from true, with a good attitude, with the right spirit when we worship when we bring our offerings without having a fight with our brother, without having talked to uh, our, our sister, when you bring our offerings, God is honored. These are all true. But what really pleases God is when we look into the need of somebody. When we look into someone who is not having, not, uh, not having enough starving, struggling. And when we open up and when we give to them, God is honored and God is pleased. That's the best gift that you could ever give. Identify somebody who is in need and bring a smile in their, in their face. Finally, what is the best gift that we could give to others? Our strangers, people who are maybe not our friends, other families, maybe they are friends too. What are the best Christians, non-Christians, and everybody under the heaven? What are the best gifts that we could give to them? Only one gift that we can give to others because they do not Christ and they do not know Christ. We want to make an impact through our gift in their lives, not only on the face of this earth, but eternally. The gift that makes eternal impact in their lives. The gift was given to us and it is passed on and it is shared with others generation to generation. 
The gift that goes on, if you remember the song, the gift that goes on, that's how it goes. The Father gave the Son. The Son gave the Spirit. The Spirit gives us life. So we can give the gift of love. And the gift goes on. That gift is a perfect gift. That gift is the ultimate gift of introducing someone to Christ. Of giving that bundle of joy that came from heaven 2,000 years before and package that and give it to someone, to their family during this season. That's the gift, the best gift that you could ever give to someone, someone who may not be your family member or may not be your direct friend. During this season, what is the gift that is worth giving to others? The gift of God that was already given to this world. The gift is not just for us to receive. It is also the gift that is not need to be shared with others. When we receive the gift, we were not in a perfect condition. Today, people in this world, they are either, they, they are not even the, their perfect condition. Neither us nor they. Nobody is in a perfect condition to receive that gift. But when we received, we were not in the perfect condition. Today, people who are not living in a perfect condition, not living in the holy life, not living a perfect life, they, they need this gift. Bible says the healthy doesn't need a physician. Only the sick needs a physician. People who are living in darkness, they need this light. They need this gift. John chapter 3 verse 16. For God, let's read that together with meaning, more meaning, more insight now. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. A gift that makes impact eternally. A gift that makes impact eternally. During this season, shall we give this gift to others? The action number five, share this gift to at least one person, one family who never received this gift in their lives. Share this gift to one person or one family who never received this gift. Invite them for a supper, meet with them in a coffee shop, or go out somewhere, or do something to meet this family. That's the family that needed to receive this gift this year from your family, not just a blank card, saying that my family to your family. How could it be if you could package this gift and introduce this gift to their lives because this gift is going to make eternal impacts. And this morning I believe the wise men came to Jesus and gave gifts to them. And God wants us to give gifts to our generation, to people who are living around us, people whom we have never met. God wants us to give. It's better to give than to receive. Shall we all just arise wherever you are or kneel down or close your eyes, whatever you can do. Let's get into a time of prayer this morning before we leave.